Blackmail by Bartman, loosely adapted from the short story by John Goldsworthy, performed by Lanny Hart, Geoffrey Borney and Tony Turner, directed by Tony Turner. Beg pardon, mister. Ten pound and I'll say nothing. What? You heard me right enough. I heard a ruffian begging for money. Or are you planning to rob me? I warn you, I was in the army. As was I, sir. Though I suspect I spent more time in the mud and the blood than you. Three years of it I had, and look at me now. Back in London and down and out I am. Not a penny in me pocket, and only the bridge for a roof. I know where you live. I know your lady. But ten pound, and I'll say nothing. About what? About your visiting that girl, where you've just come from. Ten pound. It's cheap. Pay up, and I'll keep me trap shut. You have me word. So it's blackmail, is it? Just a financial arrangement. Well, whatever you call it, you'll be getting nothing from me. Then I'll be paying a visit to your wife. <laughs> and you think she'll believe your sort, do you? I expect that's for her to decide. She knows me too well to be fooled by some scurrilous claims. I've spent my life building a reputation that's beyond reproach. There's plenty who've done the same, but it don't stop them from hiding their vices in the shadows. Governor, I mean to have that £10. You give it me here at six o'clock this evening, or I'll be knocking on your door. And mind yourself, no tricks, I ain't killed Huns for nothing. You are a scoundrel, sir. I cannot believe you ever wore the King's uniform. And all I got for my services was this limp and an old overcoat. Know this, mister, I'm a desperate man. Six o'clock, I said. You have two hours. Are you all right, Charles? Do you ever wonder about the lives that other people live, Elizabeth? What sort of people? Oh, not our sort. Match sellers, flower sellers, people down and out. No, I don't think I do. Should I? I've often wondered what I would do if I were down and out. You're too large of spirit and too dignified to ever be that, my dear. I expect you're right. I saw an example of it this afternoon. I was accosted by a ruffian on the embankment who tried to blackmail me. Blackmail? Whatever for? 
you are a man of unquestioned principle. Other than an annoying habit of jingling coins in your pocket, I cannot think of a single thing to criticise. I've had an adventure, Elizabeth. You know the flower girl who stands at that corner in Tate Street? The gypsy? Yes, that's her. Well, I bought a flower from her one day and she told me such a pathetic story that I went to her room to see if it was true. You went to her room? Well, just to confirm her claims of destitution. The state of her quarters was quite shocking, so I gave her some money. Oh, Charles, you did! I promise you there was nothing more to it than kindness, Elizabeth. But then I began thinking about how she might spend it, whether she tried to better her circumstances or simply throw it away on momentary pleasures, like so many do these days. So I went back to see her, and that blackguard followed me. And now he is blackmailing you. Ten pounds by six tonight, he said, or he'll reveal my indiscretion to you. He never considered the possibility that I might be innocent of the accusation and happy to tell you so myself. But then, minds like that never do. Would you have told me without this encouragement? You doubt it? Surely you believe me when I say I was motivated by only the desire to improve the poor girl's life and nothing more? Of course I believe you. Oh, your motives are always honourable, Charles. Well, not to this scoundrel. There are no more odious crimes than blackmail, Elizabeth, and he shall pay a price. The irony of it is, had he asked for a few shillings, I would have given them to him. The man was clearly hard up. You said you were to meet at six o'clock. It's twenty minutes past now. Yes. We'll soon see if he's up to delivering on his threat. I don't want that sort in our house, Charles. I promise you it'll be a short visit and a consequential one for him. Has it occurred to you that perhaps this gypsy girl is part of the scheme? Oh, of course. <laughs> I'm not a fool. After my confrontation with the villain, I challenged her and she denied it. And do you believe her? As you know, I've always considered myself a good judge of character, and I could see that she was telling the truth when she claimed she had never seen the man. A few tears and she had you convinced. You think I'm gullible? No, just thoroughly decent. And is that a failing in a man? It's not, but, well, you make it so hard for the rest of us. This will be my embankment friend, no doubt. What will you do? Perhaps I'll ask him in for tea and let him tell you his story. You will not. <laughs> Don't worry, my dear. I'll soon put an end to this nonsense. So it seems you were telling the truth when you said you knew my address. I know it well, mister. It is half past and my pocket is still empty. We had an agreement. We had no such thing. Well then, I have a story to tell your wife. Feel free to come in. She's expecting you. What? Listen, Governor, I'm not kidding about. I, I will tell her what I've seen. She's in the parlour. I'll lead the way and we can all have a chat. There'll be a scene. 
You don't want that. Look here, give us £5 and I won't worry you again. I, I don't want to cause trouble between man and wife. Elizabeth, uh, we have a visitor. You're an odd one, that's for sure. Look, make it £3. I can't be fairer than that, given the gravity of the circumstances. Enough! Don't you grab my arm, mister. Leave me be. Look, just let go and I'll be on my way. A little mistake, that's all it was. No harm done. You won't be going anywhere. Don't you hit me, Governor. I'm warning you. I've got a knife here. I'm not going to hit you. I'm going to hand you over to the police. What? You'd see me locked up for £10? You wouldn't even miss it. That is hardly the point. You don't seem to realise that blackmail is the most evil crime a man can commit. If I pay you, I compromise my principles, and if I don't, you'll spread a lie designed to leave my reputation in tatters. No, by God, I will not be part of it, sir. I shall call the police. No, don't do that, Governor. I'm, I'm begging you as a fellow soldier. I've done time in the cells before, and it's no place for a man with my chest. Your chest be damned. If I don't take action, you'll just blackmail the next person you meet. You're as dangerous as a viper. I'm a man like yourself. Just down on me luck. You try living like me. You try it. My God, you try my life these last six months. Cadging and crawling for a job. A man who's done his bit too. What life is it? A stinking life. Not fit for a dog, let alone a human being. And when I see a great big chap like you, begging your pardon, mister, well fed, with pockets full, temptation come over me, it did. I just wanted a few quid to feel normal again. No, no, that won't do. It couldn't have been that sudden. You calculated, you concocted this. Blackmail is sheer, filthy, cold-blooded blackguardism. And that is what you are, a blackguard. No, I shall make the call and put an end to this. Steady now, Governor. I've, I've got to find food. I, I've got to find clothes. I can't live on air and go naked in the streets. A hand up. That's all I was looking for. Surely there are places that could provide that for you. I mean, the parish church or... Not without me coming to heel like a dog, mister. All said and done, I'm still a man and I won't be giving them sort my soul for a bowl of gruel. Just give me a chance, Governor. That's all I'm asking. I know I made a mistake, but you can't understand my temptations. Don't put the police onto me. I won't do this again, I'll give you me word, so help me. Let me go, Governor. Be a sport. Just let me go this time. Well... I suppose I've always believed in second chances. It's the greatest gift you can give a man. It is, sir, and not something I will squander. All right, you can go. But I warn you, should I hear... You won't, you... sir. I, I promise you that. This experience has made me a better man. Put me back on the straight and narrow, it has. Thank you, sir. I'll say good evening now and not bother you any more. Hold up a minute. What? You haven't changed your mind. No. We had an agreement. No, no, it's not that. Here, take this. Five pounds? I don't understand. I expect things have been hard for you. 
They've been hard for many in this city since the war ended. You said I couldn't understand your situation, and that's true, but I can't help wondering what I might do if I shared it and was forced to sleep under a bridge instead of in a warm bed. Take the money and buy yourself a good coat and a hearty bowl of stew. Thank you again, sir. But make sure you live up to your promise. I will. You have me word, soldier to soldier. God bless you. I doubt I've ever met a better man. You're late. We agreed on two o'clock. I am only ten minutes late. Here, I've brought your money. Lovely. You don't know how good it'll feel to have a crisp ten-pound note in me pocket again. Well, I hope it buys you a ticket all the way to hell, you awful man. I don't need for that, missus. This is just a bit of business, that's all. Like all those toffs do on the high street. No need for ill feeling. No need for ill feeling? This is an arrangement built on ill feeling. You are nothing but a grubby little blackmailer. If it weren't me that was seeing that young officer on the side, I weren't the one hiding my betrayal from me husband. I was just the one there to see you and him sharing tea and have a night at this. Right handsome fellow he is, that cavalry uniform, isn't he? It is no more than a friendship. Then your husband will have no objections, will he? What have I done? I've been wondering that myself. In my recent dealings with him, I found your husband a fine fellow. He treated me decent. And still you're willing to break your word to him? Well, I've thought about that, missus. I mean, I I promised I wouldn't do it again, but then I got thinking. The way I see it, we were talking about blackmailing other gentlemen. So your future trade will be exclusively with women? Fella's got to live. Besides, I think I'm doing your mister a service. I expect there'll be no more shenanigans of this type after our transaction is concluded. That's your motivation, is it? Not a ten-pound note. Oh, don't claim to be no saint. I never expected to discover a lady's indiscretion when I was observing a gentleman, but there you go. What's that word you toffs use? Irony? Yeah, irony. <laughs> I'm just a simple businessman who saw an opportunity and took it, missus, that's all. You are right. I cannot blame your type for exploiting my situation. I am responsible for my own sins. But you see, my Charles is a saint. There's not a bit of human frailty in him. Can you imagine what it's like to live with a man like that all these years? To meet the standards he sets. I expect that's quite a challenge. My wife had no such difficulty. There weren't much to live up to, and as soon as she saw that, she kicked me out quick. (laughs) Quite right, too. I would have had only been a burden. I often think the best thing I could have done for her was to drop in no man's land. At least she would have got a few bob for her trouble. How long I've wished that just once he would be tempted... I thought perhaps my prayer had been answered when you confronted him with evidence of indiscretion. But no! He sees a little flower girl on the corner and his first thought is for her welfare. His intentions are always honourable. Man of principle. True enough. 
Not many of that sort in this city. I cannot stand it. His very life stands in judgment of mine own. Is it any wonder I did what I did? An escape. That's all it was. An escape from an unending expectation of perfection. Well, it's not for the like of me to judge, Mrs. Though I expect it's harder for a woman to have faults. <laughs> we men all want the Madonna, don't we? Enough. I shall tell him. A man like him might not take it well. He can take it any way he wants. I am not some accessory to be polished and presented. No, I shall tell him and consequences be damned. Well, that's for you to decide, Mrs. But you've paid £10 and I won't be returning it. We made a bargain and I'll honour my part. No one will hear another thing from me. And with that, I'll bid you good night. I'm off to find a soft bed and some roast beef smothered in onion for me dinner. <laughs>